You're listening to Answers from the Akashic Records, a world of empowerment service from Angel Rose and Ahanu. You are very welcome. I am Ahanu and with me is my lovely Angel Rose. And this session we're going to embark upon today by entering into the Akashic Records and answering questions that have been accumulating for some time with people who are concerned about this world of pain and suffering. And as you know, it's not our practice to dwell on the negative of anything, but nonetheless, people do need these questions answered. So we're going to cover today a question that has been asked, is being born of a woman an affirmation that we come into this world believing that this is a world of pain and suffering? And does being born of a woman confirm for us that the physical world is real? Why do we need a physical world in the first place if it causes suffering? And then we will look into the question of fear. Is fear a consequence of having a physical body? And finally, we will look into the Course in Miracles statement that says that the fear of death is really its attraction. And we want to find out more about that and have it explained to us. So, Angel Rose. That's quite a tall order today. We're definitely going to have to go one by one with those. So what do you want to start with? Okay, let's start with the first question. Is being born of a woman an affirmation that we come into this world believing that this is a world of pain and suffering? Well, the first thing I'm hearing is that Pain and suffering themselves are beliefs. So we come into the world believing that we're guilty. And that's why we experience pain and suffering. And as far as pain and suffering in childbirth, it goes back to the story of Adam and Eve that's very much imprinted in the consciousness of the world, really, that there was somehow in Eden at one time, and Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and therefore they were subject to death after that, where before they had eternal life. So it does hint to the fact that something happened somewhere that took us from an immortal status to a finite physical existence. And it could even be said that perhaps whatever happened there resulted in having a material body. That's very probable as well. So what I'm hearing is that the idea of having a physical form is not really the way we were created. We were created as spirits after the likeness of our creator. The consequence of a woman going through pain and suffering when she's delivering a child really does come from a really complex and a very old belief that we are guilty and somehow we've been banished from the garden and our lot is to go through pain and suffering and die as a consequence. But we have to remember that in that story, this was the grand deception. 
This was the grand lie, if you will, the idea that we could do something so horrible that our creator or our source would banish us to lifetimes, not just one life, but lifetimes of pain and suffering. Like I say, this is a complex answer to this question because there's many levels to it. There's the level of the belief in guilt in the first place that we've offended God from the beginning and now we are cast out of Eden. Okay, so that's the first deception that we all carry with us that we would not be forgiven. If something did indeed happen to offend God, which I'm getting is never possible, but if we believe that it is, then we've carried that with us since that time. And certainly religions reinforce the idea of having an original sin, a black mark on our souls that needs forgiveness or needs purification. So we we come in, it's it's implanted in the collective unconscious of the world. So the idea that you have to come in through a woman to have a life on this planet isn't really true either. It's a result of having a separated consciousness. And what I mean by that is the idea that we want to have a separate form that we believe is distinct from everybody else, that we're in our own little capsule if you will, our own little world. The belief in that is part of the illusion. That you have to have a physical form to have an identity of some type. And again, in the back of that is a really old guilt about that. Because Source is unity. There isn't any separation. We we are all one with one another. And so let me clarify that because it seems to be mainly addressing the answer to this question on the level of beliefs and what you think is true. So the idea that you could come into a physical form and be separated or separate from everything else is part of the illusion that we're in. And because there's a part of us that knows it isn't true, we have guilt about that. So unity doesn't mean that everybody is exactly identical and that you're all one big, huge thing with no awareness and no sense of distinction. Unity means in relationship with. In other words, it's not possible that a person could have their own set of thoughts that doesn't affect the whole. That's the illusion that you can, you're in your own little capsule and what you do and what you think doesn't affect other people or doesn't affect the world, that's the illusion. 
So childbirth, if it's going to come through a birth canal, it doesn't have to be painful. It's painful because we come in believing in guilt and death. And that's what causes the pain and the suffering. Now, if we were really free of the idea that we were separate, we may not come in that way at all. We may do like some ascended masters do where they just appear out of spirit and take on a body in this world at any age they choose without having to be born through a woman or grow up that way. Masters like that are ones that totally know that there is no guilt, that they're innocent, that the illusion of separation that we believe in in this world isn't true. And so for them, in that consciousness, they can pop in and pop out of worlds anytime they like. So that's the ultimate freedom where you overcome death. And like I said, we're talking about beliefs here. That seems to be the answer to the question. Is the belief in guilt and punishment and death is what makes it happen. So we suffer from our own thought system. And we reinforce guilt and death in each other every time we have a judgmental thought or we criticize, or we behave as if we're all alone in our world and somebody else is in their world and they don't relate. In a way, Hano, it springboards off of our last show when we were talking about the difference between nuclear energy, nuclear fission, and nuclear fusion, where fission was the splitting apart and fusion was coming into unity. So as long as we have a divisive consciousness and separate ourselves from each other, instead of realizing that we are in communion with everything, it's not just people, it's plants, it's trees, it's rocks, it's, it's the sky, it's the elements, it's all of it. Everything is conscious. And we affect it, and it affects us, and we're in relationship with it, and there's no way you can make that not true. But we try, and that's what causes sickness and illness and stress. I know you've answered quite a lot of questions, Angel Rose, in that one uh, answer that you gave right there. Uh, this question is, does being born of a woman confirm for us that the physical world is real? So in other words, I understand where this person is coming from when they're asking this question. The very fact of being born physically, is that a confirmation that the physical world, albeit an illusion to those that know, but to somebody being born, it reinforces the belief that the world is physically real? Yes. The fact that you come in and have to have a body made, right? You have to have a material body made by the union of a male and female or a sperm and an egg. It's got to be a physical conception first, and then it grows into a physical body, and then 
It's born through a physical birth canal out into this particular reality. The fact that we believe that it has to be done that way, that to partake of life here, we have to do it that way. Yes, that's an affirmation that the consciousness of all involved believe that that's the way birth has to happen. That's the way you arrive into this physical universe. Now, I want to just address the whole illusion thing for a minute. Because that word can really confuse people. And and even the word itself, when you say the physical world is an illusion, even that can make people feel guilty. Well, I'm here. Do you know what I mean? I chose to be born in a body, so I'm guilty right off the get-go. Again, we're, we're more talking about perception when we talk about truth and illusion. Because truth is the realization that, yes, everything is really energy. It's not really solid matter at all. It's really belief systems and perceptions that create an appearance of solidity. So that's the first answer to the illusion question. If we were really seeing correctly and we didn't have these beliefs in separation and definition, we would see things very differently. You know, I think going back to the Course in Miracles, there is a lesson there that says when you start to see kind of like auras of light around things, you're starting to see correctly because you're you're looking at the energy that something is composed of. So the very fact that we believe the only way to arrive here is through physical means, through a physical interaction, is just a belief. But like Source would say, well, you can believe that as long as you want to. You can come in that way if you want to. But from what I understand, and I heard a story many years ago that somebody said that back in very, very, very ancient times, Conception was done through thought. In other words, the man and the woman would agree that they wanted a child and she would conceive. Now it was still born through a birth canal, but the conception itself did not have to happen through sexual intercourse in the way we know it. So we're talking about varying levels here. There's all kinds of levels that Life can emerge in all sorts of different forms. But because you asked this particular question, and it's answering it on the level of belief systems, it's all about perception. Let's take a quick little studio break here, and we'll be right back after this break. Don't go away. This episode is sponsored by Twin Flame Hosting. Twin Flame Hosting has been designing and hosting websites since 1993 and is now a leading provider of internet-based web services to large and small businesses all over the world. We also care for many individuals who depend on our quality, reliability and affordable hosting solutions because we know what professional business people need in a hosting solution. Visit TwinFlameHosting.com All right, we're back. Now let's move on to the subject of fear. And this question asks, is fear a consequence 
of having a physical body. Well, what I'm hearing Source say, and I know I'm being repetitive, but what Source is saying is fear is a result of the belief in guilt. In other words, because we believe we're guilty at a very core level, that we did something bad, just the fact that we're here, we did something bad, that guilt automatically, psychologically demands punishment. So fear comes from the belief that you're going to be punished. And what's the worst punishment is you'll be killed. You'll die. That's your, that's your punishment is death. So all fear comes back to the, the fear that you're going to die. Okay, that you're bad, you're going to be punished, you're going to lose your life. I remember years ago, my brother passed away at a young age. And I remember my mother saying to me that to her, death felt like an insult. That's how she felt about it. And in a way, in the context that we're speaking about it today, it is an insult. It's an insult to think that we would have a creator that would ask us to go through that in order to somehow atone for something. And also, people who do believe in the crucifixion, and I'm not saying if I do or I don't, but the idea that a God source would ask its son to go through torture and suffering to atone for the sins of mankind, it's pretty horrible, isn't it? Or the other story in the Bible where the father was asked to sacrifice his son. Was it Isaac? He was, was it Moses or Abraham? I'm sorry, people. I'm not studied in the Bible. But it, there is that story where supposedly God asked this father to sacrifice his son. And his son was ready. He had the, had the child on a stone, and he was about to kill his own son to appease God. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know any God that would be a loving God that would ask for such a thing. And I don't believe it does. So all fear comes down to the fear of death, to the belief that we're guilty and we're going to lose our life or lose something as a consequence. How you know that too? It's kind of like when people have really good things happen to them, a lot of times you'll hear them say, yeah, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Okay, which proves right there that at a core level, we have this fear that we can't have good things happen to us and have that be sustained without some sort of loss on the other end. Okay, and we call that the balance of nature. But really, it's not the balance of nature. It is our belief that we can't have a sustained life of goodness because we don't believe we're good. While you were speaking there, Angel Rose, I just took the opportunity to look up that story because I have to say I'm lacking in biblical knowledge myself. That wasn't always the case, though, because many of our listeners would know that when I was young, I was intending to become a priest, believe it or not. And I was intending on becoming a nun. <laughs> and then Gil Rose what was... happened to us, I know. <laughs> Now, according to the Hebrew Bible, God commands Abraham to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. 
And after Isaac is bound to an altar, a messenger from God stops Abraham at the last minute, saying, Now I know you fear God. And Abraham looks up and sees a ram and sacrifices it instead of Isaac. And supposedly that took place at the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. I don't even believe that a, a true God would even ask you to sacrifice a ram or anything to it. Why would it need the blood? And that's a whole other radio show, Ahano, this idea that God's little G with little S's need blood sacrifices to appease them. Okay, our final question in this section here is about the fear of death as it's mentioned in The Course in Miracles. It says that the fear of death is really its attraction. Can you explain that to us in greater detail? You know, it's quite interesting because it is going back to the idea of what we just talked about in terms of the belief in sacrifice. So the attraction to death would be, I have to die if I want to get to heaven or nirvana or whatever. So in a very convoluted way, there is this idea that if we go through death, that somehow that is our doorway, that is our way to be free of pain and suffering. That's the belief. I have to go through death to be free of pain and suffering, and death of my physical body is my sacrifice to get to heaven. Because this is a world where there is a lot of pain and suffering, underneath the surface, there is this desire that says, oh, get me out of here. I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to go to a better place. We actually hear that a lot from different clients that we have. Is this my last lifetime? Am I done yet? Have I suffered enough? So the attraction to death is really the desire to go back to love. I mean, ultimately what it ends up is we want to go back to a love that we remember was there, that we don't see here. And because we believe in guilt and punishment, we believe we have to go through death as atonement, let's just say, so that we can arrive in a better place. Now, in other words, we don't believe we can fix the problem here. We think we have to sacrifice ourselves. And the ego certainly teaches us that, that we have to, which is, again, a, a deception. So we're really talking about how do you heal that? We do have to go to the belief in innocence and what does it mean to be innocent and how do you believe, how do you believe in innocence in a world where everybody is assumed guilty before they're innocent? We're talking about a reversal of collective belief systems here. And again, what does it mean to truly love ourselves? And I think there is a line in the course that says, what would happen if you could believe that all that God wanted was your good? That there's a way to live without guilt and guilt about yourself and guilt about everybody else. Free of, free of guilt and blame entirely for you, for others, 
where you believe that everybody has a right to goodness and love no matter what they've done. What would it take if the whole world could be like that? What kind of world would we be living in? And I was recently called a utopian, Ahano, by somebody. You were, I remember, Angel was. Yes, a Marxist, a libertarian, and a utopian, Ahano. How's that for labels? Yeah. You look great to me. Don't I look great? <laughs> <laughs> but what I do believe in, and, and Source has asked Ahano and I to do this, is to bring heaven here. And heaven means return your mind to a state of innocence and love. And this that's the place where miracles happen. And it doesn't happen in judgment and blame and separation and guilt. So we'll have to end with that today, Hannah. Okay. That brings us to the end of our session today. And as is our tradition, I'm going to read now for you a summary of what we've covered. Pain and suffering are beliefs. We come in believing we are guilty and pain and suffering are its consequence. Whatever happened in Eden resulted in us having a physical form. Pain in childbirth comes from the grand deception that we did something so horrible that we were banished to lifetimes of suffering. It is impossible to offend God. Religions like to reinforce the idea of original sin. The physical experience of being born of a woman is part of the illusion of identity. Being born is part of the illusion of separation. It is responsible for perpetuating guilt. Unity means in relationship with. It is an illusion that we don't affect the physical world. If we knew we were not separate from God, we may not decide to come into a physical body at all. Overcoming death is the ultimate freedom. Judgmental thoughts reinforces our guilt in ourselves and in others. We are in communion with all life everywhere, and there is no way we can make that not true. The fact we believe we need to have a body made by the union of a father and mother is an affirmation that physical birth is a physical reality, and this sets up the reinforcement of guilt. Much freedom can be achieved from the realization that everything has an appearance of solidity. Fear is the result of the belief in guilt. Guilt demands punishment. All fear is fear of death. Death is an insult to our godliness. The belief in sacrifice is tied to the fear of death being its attraction. We believe that death is our sacrifice and our atonement to pass into heaven. Ultimately, the attraction to death is our desire to return to love. Consider being free of guilt. What would it take to be free of death?
I got more information on the original sin. When you read that very first profundity. And what I got was the the great sin was when we found out how to create things. It was used to create slaves. And that was the disobedience against the creator because creator does not imprison and creator does not enslave. So when species were made, they were made to be used as slaves. Genetically, that was the knowledge they found out on how to use genetics and the laws of the universe to create form, life forms. And they created life forms to serve them. And that was the great sin. So what it, what it is is that as long as there is enslavement on this planet, as long as we are using other people and other things in a way that enslaves them, oppresses them, keeps their freedom from them, as long as we are doing that, this is where the death thing comes in. This is where the guilt and death and everything we talked about since then comes in, and that's the error to be corrected because the stuff of creation isn't meant to use to oppress and destroy. It's meant to uplift, to be in harmony with, to create more beautiful things. It's not meant to do the reverse. That's the great sin. You've been listening to Answers from the Akashic Records, a world of empowerment service from Angel Rose and Ahanu. To get the profound statements from the Akashic Records in your mailbox each week, log on to worldofempowerment.com.